everyone, and welcome to another edition of the NFL Draft Triple Take, presented by UPMC. Mike Pursuta, along with Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson, we're here to get you up to speed on who we think are the top candidates, position by position, available for selection in the upcoming NFL Draft. Today's edition, Offensive Tackles. Before we get to those guys, uh, I need to remind you that all these videos will be shared on Steelers.com, the Steelers mobile app, and the Steelers' official YouTube page. The audio can be heard uh, on the Triple Take podcast and on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, you can subscribe to the aforementioned Triple Take podcast wherever you download your favorite on-demand audio content. Guys, uh, good to be with you again. And uh, I feel kind of like it's Groundhog Day, number one, because we've done this a number of times already. But number two, Dale, weren't we just talking last year about how many offensive tackles there were available that was it six of them in the first round and uh, five of them ended up starting a bunch of games, but you know, second verse, same as the first, it looks like there's another strong group available this year. Yeah. This group might even be deeper, Mike. Uh, and we're going to see, you know, a guy probably get taken in the first five selections at the offensive tackle position. Wouldn't surprise me if we see as many as uh, seven or eight taken in the first round this year, because it's that deep. And you can get guys in day two that could come in and, and, and potentially be starters for you, which is really uh, kind of a rarity at the offensive tackle position. The way we do this is we give you our top five candidates and then we come at you with a sleeper at the end of it. Uh, just a guy that, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily a long shot, but a guy that's not uh, among the uh, most talked about at the group and a guy who's maybe caught our eye. So, Matt, why don't you uh, lead us off with your uh, number five tackle candidate? Yeah, this was hard for me. I mean, my top four, I was pretty set on. And then, you know, as you guys mentioned, it's such a deep tackle class. I could have went in a lot of different directions here at number five. I went with Jalen Mayfield. I, I don't see traits that just jump off the screen to me. I mean, I think he's a good athlete, not a tremendous one. I like his quickness. I like his balance. Seems to have a pretty good understanding of, standing of leverage and blocking angles. Maybe he's a guard. Probably he's a tackle. Does have some explosiveness. Um, pretty quality player. Yeah, I, I actually have him at four, Matt. And, and one of the things that I liked about him, uh, and maybe you can speak a little bit to this, but he added 75 pounds to get to 319. Are you implying I've been putting on weight lately, Dale? No, I'm just saying that it, I think those guys who, who add the weight as, a, as opposed to showing up being, you know, a 6'5", 340 pound guy that they try to, they try to mold and get him down in weight a little bit. Yeah. I think, I think there's something to be said. They, they keep some of that athleticism that they had. Uh, he's used to being a smaller athlete in, in, at the high school level and, and has kept some of that athleticism as he, as he shifted to tackle. Along those lines, just from my recruiting experience, you're right though. You love to bring in those six, four plus tight end body types that maybe play basketball and just keep beefing them up and beefing them up with good weight as opposed to trimming off pounds and then having to rebuild it. So yeah, that, that's it. He, he fits that mold very much. Dale, your number five, you said Mayfield was your number four, your number five, uh, not uh, the biggest uh, of schools, but a pretty famous one nonetheless. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Dylan Raddins out of North Dakota State. And, and who would have thought that it's possible that North Dakota State could have two first round draft picks this year, which is just crazy. We talked about one a couple of weeks ago, the quarterback. But Raddins is a, a natural left tackle. Uh, he's got that uh, 6'5", 300 pound size. Uh, you know, he can move. He's got a, a nasty a nastiness to his game. 
Um, you know, I think that, uh, the, you know, the, the biggest question mark with him is going to be, you know, how quickly can he make that jump uh, in, at, you know, in level of play? Uh, but, man, I, I think he projects as a natural left tackle. And as you guys know, guys who can play left tackle in this league, they get drafted and they get drafted early. Yeah, I had a hard time identifying my number five, you know, finding one to separate uh, that far down the list. So uh, I went uh, with uh, tradition and I turned to Brian, Ke- Brian Kelly, <laughs> who, who maybe hasn't figured out the college football playoff yet, but he has figured out how to identify and develop starting left tackles who get drafted in the first round. Uh, that happened at uh, Notre Dame. Uh, it's happened to Zach Martin. It's happened to Ronnie Stanley. And it's happened to Mike McGlinchey in succession. So I'm going with the guy who was in line after them, uh, Liam Eichenberg. And uh, I don't know that he has the pedigree that those three guys have, but uh, he ought to be prepared to play. My, yeah, number, good. my number four, Matt and I are in agreement on this one. We both went with Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State. Uh, Dale, as, as you already mentioned, you had uh, Mayfield fourth. But Matt, not only is uh, our guy strong, coming out of Oklahoma State, he ought to know how to pass block, right? You would think. My <laughs> little bit of a question with him, though, because he didn't face a lot of high-end pass rushers at Oklahoma State. I mean, it's not just it's not, those guys just weren't on his schedule. So that's a bit of a question, but he did pass block a lot. He's quick out of his stance. Uh, I urge people to do a search for you know Tevin Jenkins highlights because he is nasty and throws people out of the out of the out of the bar. I mean he's a tough dude and fun to watch. To what a great way to describe it! Yeah, just Those toss him right out of the out bar. Of the bar. <laughs> That's never happened to any of us. No, no. no. <laughs> Dale, let's uh, let's keep the ball rolling at number three. Uh, tell us about Rashawn Slater, your guy. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a kid from Northwestern. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about, well, he could play anywhere in the line, including center. Uh, but I, I think when you look at what he did at the collegiate level at Northwestern, um, you know, he's got the feet to play tackle in this league, even though he's a little bit undersized. Uh, so I think, he, you know, he gets the chance to play out there right away. Got, a, you know, a little more length in terms of his arm length, things like that. And, you know, he's smart. He went to Northwestern. Uh, you know, I think he's he's a capable guy that uh, even though he, he doesn't have that ideal size, uh, could potentially be a left tackle in the NFL. And again, if I'm ranking guys, I'm putting the left tackles ahead of some of the right tackle projects. Yeah, he was my number three as well. Matt, uh, I think you're in the same uh, same church, if not the exact same pew with Christian Darasaw of uh, Virginia Tech as your number three. Yeah, I'm going to get to him in one second. But Slater's my two. I just want to throw in a couple little things with him because – I think he's a premier prospect, except for the height. I mean, he's listed a little over 6'4". I'm excited to see what he actually comes in, you know, how how long he is. But he really put himself on the map by doing a great job against Chase Young last year. So he's a legit player with great feet. As for Derisaw, he's my three. Um, again, I think these top three are really, really strong. And, he's my two. And, okay, uh, yeah, I'm sure he, he's probably he Dale's too, so we're all yeah. – I mean, he gets a hold of you. It's over. I mean, he's a good bender, really powerful, especially in his upper body, big punch. I mean, Darisaw is fun to watch too. Yeah, I, I, I like him a lot. I mean, I think he's one of the guys in this draft that, uh, you know, if you're picking in that top 20 and he's available, uh, you're very happy to, to run to the podium and put, and put that one in there because this guy, to me, screams, you know, 10, 15-year starter at left tackle for you. 
Uh, he was an immediate starter as a true freshman at Virginia Tech and just got better every year. Uh, I, I think, to your point, I think the nastiness level is there. He's got everything you want, uh, including the size uh, for a starting left tackle for a long, long time at the NFL level. As for our last guy, uh, we're all in agreement. I think the world is in agreement. But, Dale, you went to the Steelers game at Cincinnati in December, correct? Correct, yes. You were, you were there a lot. I don't know if you noticed, Matt. I don't know if you saw what I saw on TV. I did. There's a, there's a, a guy that puts a sign of the week up in the upper deck at Paul Brown Stadium. It's something, you know, related to the Bengals. It, it changes from week to week. It's over one of the entrance portals. And when the Steelers visited, the sign was, Penny for your thoughts. <laughs> so they were thinking about the kid from Oregon, uh, Penny Sewell, uh, at least uh, as early as December in Cincinnati. And uh, Matt, uh, I, I know we all like the kid. Some guys you watch on tape and you get tech. Oh, he, he does this with his hips. He, he does this with his punch. I'm just watching this guy move and I'm looking at the size of him and how fluid he is. And I'm going, well, you don't see that all the time. No, he's very rare. I mean, th this is high praise, but I kind of think he's on that Ogden Pace, Walter Jones, Baselli type prospect, you know, where it, it doesn't take a whole lot of scouting acumen to figure out <laughs> what this guy can do. I mean, and he's still 20. That's what I say. Every, every, every clip that you've seen of this guy, he was a teenager throwing people out of the bar. I mean, he is a stud. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's got everything. He's got everything you want. I mean, uh, you know, if he would have come out last year, he would have been maybe the top offensive lineman. Um, he's coming out this year. He'll be the top offensive lineman. If he came out next year, he might be the top offensive lineman. That's, that's just how good this guy is. Yeah. I just, I'm blown away by how thick he is, how big he is and how well he moves. It's it just, uh, he, he's the kind of guy you don't see too often. And uh, I don't think if, if he somehow gets past the Bengals, I don't know if the penny for your thoughts guy gets to actually make the picks or not, but uh, I don't think he's going to last too far past Cincinnati. No. If he does, uh, let's go to our sleepers. Uh, Dale, we'll stay with you. Uh, who you got? I'm going to uh, Northern Iowa and Spencer Brown. And in a lot of years, uh, you know, Spencer Brown would be a top five or six offensive tackle uh, in this group. Maybe he gets pushed down to being the, the 10th or 11th or 12th offensive tackle. Uh, you know, he, he played right tackle, uh, which is probably where he matches up in, in, in the NFL. But, man, is he nasty. Uh, he, gets, he gets after people, and he's got a really high ceiling. I mean, he's 6'7", 320. Um, you just can't find that kind of natural size uh, on these big guys, and he can move. Uh, that, to me, is uh, I think this guy's going to be a good player. Yeah, I got the same guy for my sleeper, and I was uh, clicking around on the uh, interweb just looking for something about him. And there's a video of him bench pressing 500 pounds. Wow. Yeah. For a long guy, that's really something. Six, Pretty seven, impressive. Six, seven. You think about those arms. I mean, that's, yeah. that's impressive. Pretty impressive. Matt, you went in a different direction, which is good because you, you should have more than one sleeper for crying out loud. Yeah. And my guy isn't really a sleeper. It's Walker Little from Stanford. And the reason he's not a sleeper is he was a massive recruit and he's been on lists year after year after year, you know, these, these preseason watch lists for, for the draft, but he's just so unique. I wanted to talk about him because it's almost like a, a Trey Lance situation because little, he, he played one game in 2019 and then he hurt his knee and was out for the year. And then he opted out this past year. So we have one game over two whole seasons to judge a guy that we know is really talented 
But what do you do with that? I mean, that's why I think he's a sleeper and just a, a real interesting wild card. Yeah, you know, we've, we've probably touched on this in a, in a previous edition, but I just wanted to hit this one more time. You being the ex-scout among us, there's a lot of guys you don't have tape on or you have one or two games. What What is the impact? that, Or, you know, all things being equal, do you go with the more recently known commodity? I think you have to. I mean, and, and some of it might come down to your job security or your level of risk, you know, where Walker Little – isn't going to be a double. He's going to be a swing and a miss or a home run probably where the guy that you you know, and you've seen a lot of tape on and you've been, you know, a lot closer to him is a lot safer, but you know, if you need the double, okay, you go the other direction, but when in doubt, I think if there's equal grades on these guys, the opt out players have to lose that tie, right? Uh, that would be my uh, suspicion or, yeah. or suggestion, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it's more ground being covered. that hasn't been, covered before and uh i'm still amazed how well everybody seemed to do with it last year uh dale across the leg you know we saw rookies making impacts and uh, even quarterbacks and it, it seemed like they found a way league wide to get it done again yeah i mean matt and i talked about that a lot on our show the the drive and you know we look back at the the 2011 draft was really the one that you could look at and say okay these guys didn't have an off season because of you know the the lockout and they came in and made an impact. And we saw the similar things this year. You know, I think what happens is, um, you know, all too often, maybe coaches aren't as willing to give young guys a chance to uh, to get in there and play. And sometimes you just have to throw them into the water and see if they can swim. Yeah. And maybe the other thing is, if you can play, you can play. And there's that, uh, too. You know, it's up to them to find you. That's going to do it for this edition. Before we get out of here, I want to remind everyone that the uh, NFL draft triple take is presented by UPMC. All these videos will be shared on Steelers.com, the Steelers mobile app, and the Steelers official YouTube page. The audio can also be heard on the Triple Take podcast and on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, you can subscribe to the Triple Take podcast wherever you download your favorite on-demand audio content. For Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. Thanks for finding us. We will be coming at you again with another pre-draft position preview before you know it until then you've been listening to the nfl draft triple take presented by upmc